0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Oilers Now with Bob Stauffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. This is Legends of the Game on Oilers Now with Bob Stauffer. Only on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It's 12.36 in Edmonton. You know, there's so much focus, obviously, in Edmonton on the five Stanley Cup championships and the seven-year window. Uh, But for the younger generation of Oilers fans, the 2006 Stanley Cup uh, run was memorable. And uh, our guest today, and we've actually got a couple on today, but uh, for the next uh, hour, we're going to talk to the guy who uh, backstopped Edmonton until... He got hurt in uh, game one of the Stanley Cup final, helped him to get all the way to the uh, seventh game of the Stanley Cup championship. This is a guy who is the embodiment of sticking with it. I mean, he fought like an alley cat to play as long as he did in the National Hockey League. And uh, for a lot of Edmontonians, he's one of their favorites. So we welcome back to the show Dwayne Rollison. Dwayne, it's Bob. How you doing? I'm doing great, thanks, Bob. How are you? Good. Was I effusive enough of my praise of your time here at Edmonton? Uh, do you hear that a lot from fans out there when you uh when you bump into people once in a while? How appreciative they are uh, for what you did, uh, sort of 2006 to 2009 tennis.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's always nice to to run into fans uh, when you're, when you're out in the boat, especially now. I'm in, in Victoria, and there's. For some reason, there's a lot of oiler fans out there, and uh, it's always nice to run into them. I and mean, everything, first thing they say is, "We would have won the cup if you didn't get hurt." So it's, it's always nice to hear, and it's uh, great to, great to be recognized.
0: It was funny, uh, Dwayne. I was at an event last year uh, in uh, Calgary or in Red Deer. Uh, Set up by a, a Red Gear guy, uh, Terry Lowen, who's a huge uh, community. Pr- it was it involved Sheldon Kennedy's uh, sort of uh, you know Children's Advocacy Center, and Ethan Morrow was there, and uh, Mike Commodore was there from Carolina, and you know was there with the Flames. But of course, he was on that 0-4 run with the Flames, and he talked about winning the Cup, and Morrow just cut him right off, like right off, and it was like, hey. Screw you. We have Rollison. You're not having this conversation right now. And the place just erupted. And it was like 75% other fans. So it's, you know, we hear that a lot. Um, I, 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 in the back of your mind, anywhere, does it, I mean, you know, you're a pro. You got to be able to handle it. Those sort of things happen. You can't, woulda, coulda, shoulda in life. The body of work, though, overall from 2006, I mean, um, just kind of shake your i mean did you get on a hot run or you know did you kind of prove afterwards that's what
1: that's kind of what you could do uh yeah i think pretty much uh, what you said later there is you know to sort of prove what i could do um you know when i broke in i was you know for some reason i just my game just wasn't there uh you know i spent a lot of time with the goalie coach in st john at the time uh, roly Blonson, and we worked a lot and we pretty much changed my style like coming out of college i was a stand-up skate save goalie and um that that didn't work in the game at that point and so i i had a change it all i revamped my game um i was a 24 year 24 year old and just kept on going from there uh, and just kept on working on it every day and trying to get better every day and you know fortunate enough i had some great goalie coaches on the way as well you know with Roland lawson and bob mason in minnesota uh, pete peters who i who i loved to death uh, uh in edmonton and you know the sunday in in long island those guys were great advocates for for me and great people you know for me to learn from as well you know they they promoted me anywhere that i wanted to go after after that situation and um you know you know Pete got me a job my first coaching job uh, right out of uh as soon as I retired so you know great people to be a part part of uh with my career and I was happy to meet them and also they they gave me a lot of experience and taught me a lot throughout uh, throughout my career.
0: We're joined by Dwayne Rollison on our Legends of the Game series. It's uh, brought to you by our friends at Touchback Safety, Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. So we'll get to a little bit uh, more on your your history coming up in the next segment, but I want to circle back to 2006. What were your initial thoughts when uh, you got acquired? by The Oilers gave up. I remember discussing it on the air, Dwayne. I was like, wow, first-round draft choice. And back then there were no protected picks. Um, were you surprised? That Edmonton had stepped up to get you.
1: Um, I was surprised that it was Edmonton. Um, I knew I was getting traded, uh, just the way that things were going in Minnesota at the time. Um, you know, Manny, Manny Fernandez was just uh, in negotiations uh, with his with his new deal at the time, and, and we and we've been there for for two years or three years together, so. Uh, you know, and we're having success and I knew they couldn't afford both of us. So, and Manny was having a better year than I was at the time. So I just assumed that, you know, that I'd be the odd man out at that that situation when it came down to trade deadline time. And um, so I was expecting to be moved, but uh, Edmonton sort of surprised me, Uh, you know. So, but at the same time, you know, I was happy to get back to Canada and get into an area where, they love hockey and you know you know Minnesota was a same similar idea but uh, it's just different being in Canada and especially in Edmonton it's where they pride themselves on the on the Oilers and you know it was a great a great fit for for myself and my family once we moved there
0: I'll say this uh, and we've had lots of discussions over the years on MACT um the O three O four Oilers team this is before analytics were they were an unbelievable possession team but they didn't have a very good power play, and they they didn't get uh, they got okay stops, but they needed more stops. And in 0506, it was clear with the addition of Chris Pronger that if they could get goaltending, who knew where they could go? Did you feel that way? Did you sense that there? I mean, you guys had to scrap just to get in the playoffs at the end of the year. Um, but d- did you feel that maybe this team had a little bit more to give than people thought?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, I did. Uh, when I first got there, uh, you know. You know, we were on the road for, uh, I forget how many days, five or six days. At least we we went back to Minnesota, so I was able to get my stuff. Uh, but I'm, when I first got to Edmonton, I, I stayed with uh, Prongs for probably a week or so just to, you know, just get my bearings in the city and sort of get organized uh, uh, with, um, with Kevin Lowe of where we're staying, where I was going to stay, and, you know, all the hotels and all that stuff, all the logistics part of it. And Prongs just said, you know, right now... It, we, we as a team, we're, we're a great team, but we don't believe we're a great team yet. And once we get some belief here, if you can make some saves for us and get us going and, um, us believing in ourselves, we're one heck of a team and we're, we're going to do some damage in the playoffs, you know. So that was just coming from Chris and, and myself. I felt that plan against them, uh, throughout the season, uh, well, throughout the three years of playing in Minnesota where, where we had to play them all the time. And, right. Um, and then, once you get in the locker room you can just see the confidence just starting to breed like every day everyone's confidence level was just getting higher and higher practices was getting higher and higher and it was just like by the end of it it was like no one's stopping us there boys we're just going to roll you know and you know great leadership through you know our captains and you know, assistant captains with jason smith and Ethan tomorrow and all those guys like, they just did a great job of just keeping us together and just Keeping our, our focus on the task at hand, and I was one of the
0: couple. All right, I gotta ask you about Chris Pronger because I, I I do have a bit of a bias when it comes to people. I like I like really smart people. Okay, so for women, that's for me, that's the the number one prerequisite. And uh, you know, uh, you, you know, Chris to me is a brilliant guy. He's a multi-layered thinker uh he might not say what you want to hear sometimes and i know he had fun with the media and the horde the media horde that was there on a daily basis when he was at edmonton he's a pretty unique personality isn't he Dwayne?
1: yes he is um yeah and like you said uh if you're going to talk to chris to be expected to, to hear what you don't want to hear sometimes you know he's uh he's black or white uh, he's going to tell you the truth he's honest he's up front uh, you know, he he's a stand-up guy, and you know, I got a lot of time for Chris, and um, you know, we we bonded pretty well as once I got there. And I knew him from being in camp in St. Louis for for uh, for a year there and being around their team during the playoff run, so I got to know him there. Uh, so coming in, I I already had a relationship with him, so um, you know, for me it was nothing new, but for the team that was that was totally. Opposite of what uh, you know, they sort of grew up with or, or had in years years prior to that. You know, Chris was you know the quiet leader, but also the stand up and get in your face type of guy that you needs know, to happen every once in a while. When things are hitting the fan.
0: We're uh, joined by Dwayne Rollins. Dwayne, one more question just before we take a quick break here. We have Jason Smith coming up at one thirty-five. I love Jason Smith as a captain, Um, and again, did it differently. The thing I found about Jason is he was never judgmental about whatever you did or whatever your views were, but he he expected you to to play your ass off, to play hard, to play tough, to uh, accept that pain came with the job, and uh, to play through injuries. Am I off, or I'm on to something there? Like just in terms of the sort of real leadership that he brought.
1: Well, yeah, he was probably one of the best leaders that I that I played with. Uh, you know, he was a guy that, you know, when when things were going bad, he got the guys together, and when things were going good, he got the guys together. It just, you know, he made sure everyone was 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 okay. You know, he was touch, he was touching base with every player. You know some guy was down or whatever he was the first guy over there saying hey what's going on you you need help or you need something or you need this Um, you know so he he had the passionate side of you know making sure guys were okay but then he was a guy that that led by example he he wasn't the the guy that's gonna get in your face like prongs was he was a guy that just you know come on let's go but when it came to wartime he was a guy that just led by example like remember in Anaheim um, you know, everyone was getting sick, but they're got it the worst. And I think, you know, he's in the hospital all day long. Gets out of the hospital, plays game four, and like barely, barely stand up. But he battled through it just because he knew that that's what we needed at the time. And uh, you know, he was just uh, one. Of the, like I said, I I can't speak highly enough of him. And you know, I'm so happy that he's, he's now he got a new job up in Prince George and. I'll be able to see him uh, a few times this year with uh, being out in Victoria.
0: All right, uh, Dwayne, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about one of the rare times that I was right, and it was good Uh-oh. news Good news Uh-oh. for the Oilers. <laughs> uh, the Detroit series when we come back with Dwayne Rollison and our Legends of the Game series. This is Legends of the Game on Oilers Now with Bob Soffer. Only on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. And guests on our show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse, 99.90 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie, and the staff at Roos Chris at Oiters now sent you. Pleased to have on the line a guy that was a huge part of the Oilers' uh, Stanley Cup run in 2006, longtime NHL goaltender Dwayne Roloson. All right, Dwayne, uh, this doesn't happen often, and I've only brought it up over the course of the last uh, 13 years 8,433 times but I was one of two media guys in Edmonton that picked you guys to beat Detroit. The other was Robin Brownlee. And I just thought you guys were all wrong for them. Um, maybe take us through, what was, what was the mindset heading into that series? Because you guys were like a huge underdog in, in that playoff series, were you not? Did you feel that way?
1: Um, I think we, we did feel that way, but at the same time, we, we knew if we played our best, um that we could beat and with the confidence that we were growing throughout the from the deadline on you know with the with all the trades and everything at the the first little bit you know we weren't gelling that well and then you know back to with practices and everything started getting consistent with the lines and players playing together and then our confidence started growing and you know our second last game we clinched and, and Anaheim, who who at the time was one of the top teams in in the National Hockey League, and we, we shut him out. You know, we just we played good solid defense, and we just we created offense. We outjammed them big time that night, and and then just going forward, like MacD, just you know had us all in there, and, and just in the room, saying, forget about the media boys. they they got us down already. Like they might as well just not even show up here. Let's just focus on what we're going to do, play the system to a T, and we will win. And the guys bought into the system. It was a totally different system at the time. And we just sort of hammered it home. And sure enough, we, we did a bounce early in the series. And, you know, this sort of gave us some confidence and some life. And we just kept on going and whatever happened, the adversity that we went through throughout the whole series, uh, you know, there was a lot of ups and downs, but we just believed that we were winning it no matter what. And, and, you know, that's the credit to our coaching staff to giving us all the confidence in the world and trying to keep the outside noise away and not letting us be hampered by that.
0: I remember game five because it was an afternoon game on a Saturday. Uh, the Friday night, I had taken the uh, the Bears that won the University Cup, and I had a, a ton of contra and went over to uh, overtime brother and tap room, and I just basically stayed downtown and, long story short, went and watched the game. And sometimes there's clarity when you're trying to recover Dwayne in certain situations, yeah. and I just remember how good, Dwayne, like Chris Pronger, was unbelievable in Game Five of that series. Like I think he had a goal and an assist. It seemed like he had the puck on his stick. But that that game to me, I mean, two two going into Game Five, and you guys dominated them in Game Five, and Pronger was a major part of that.
1: Yeah, it, you know, Jim Crystal, he was a major part of every game, pretty much that that whole playoff series. But you know, our, a lot of our, our forwards, you know, uh, they off and and all those guys who, and a that uh, just sort of played so well defensively and kept guys to the outside, and and actually bought Prongs a lot of time with the puck. Uh, you know, by screening guys, uh, as they call it now, where he just sort of interfered with the guys by skating in front of them in the same direction, and sort of giving him time to make some make some room for himself, and make they're making room for him, and especially in a small rink, at, at the Joe, it was just you know. With them having it with his long reach, you know it was, you know, it was good. And guys, the other guys were, were getting open, and he was just hitting them with passes. And you know it, it was just it was uh, it was fun to watch uh, from from my my position, anyways, because I wasn't getting as packed as I, I had uh, in the first few games, and so I was getting a little breather. And it was, it was fun for us to for us as a team to watch us just just play with the puck the whole game and uh, you know and that just you know kept on adding to the confidence level that that us as a group had had going forward and uh, you know it, it's it's amazing that the game of hockey how much just a little bit of confidence these uh, takes you a long way and and things are going right for us we're healthy and and we're getting confidence as as the, every game was being played.
0: And I was shown in game six. I mean you're down two nothing going to the third period. No problem, right? Like you yeah. d- you just turn it on and, you know, uh Pisani got two and Hors- uh, and uh, Hemsky got two and you win the game.
1: Yeah, and that's you know, you know in our locker room it's like <laughs> Matt comes in and uh, you know Charlie and and Craig Simpson, you know, which is in and Billy Morris I don't want to forget Billy, but you know, those three guys haven't been through the this stuff before, right? Uh, you're just listening to them talk, and they're like, "Hey, this is no problem, boys. Being down, this is right where we want them." You know, it as cliche as it is, but it's really right where we want them. They think they win this game. We just go play one period here, and we're going to win. And sure enough, we went and played one period. Um, we were okay up until up until that point, and we played one period. We win. And uh, you know, it's you know, give give our guys credit for falling the script that the coaching staff had talked about the you know obviously uh being down by two going into the third wasn't the uh, <laughs> part of the script but uh, just our technique or poor check or neutral zone or our way we we're playing way we we're defending and you know we we our game plan, we hit it to a T and we end up
0: winning. All right, we got about a minute here before we got to hit the news. Uh, just a quick thought on San Jose game two. They won the first two games 2 1. They had the puck a lot, but Rafi Torres, who had become a major story as the playoffs would go on, I mean, he was unbelievable against Carolina. But that hit on Mahalik, I mean, he could, when he hit you, he could hit you, couldn't he? Yeah, it
1: was like a free train. And um, speaking of Ralphie, it was, it was, Great our our coach this year and in Victoria was talking about you know, things that happen in a series, playoff series that turn the the events and I s I he grabbed me, he's like, Hey Rolly, do you have any of those events? I'm like, Yeah, if you guys want a YouTube uh, game two in San Jose Ralpitor has hit on Mahalik. Guys watch that hit. We're pretty much down and out for the first like 60, 100 minutes of that game almost, uh, 90 minutes of that game until Ralphie hits highlight hits and then we end up winning the series. Yeah. And that's pretty much turned the tide for that whole series for us.
0: All right. Uh, when we come back with Dwayne, we're going to talk uh, about the Anaheim series, uh, a little about what could have, could have, should have, but also how proud Dwayne was of how UC Marketing battled and then Dwayne's journey. Uh, Dwayne, thank you for joining us on Legends of the Game. We're going to head off to a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn. Oilers Now brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Oilers Now needs Hugh Porter and Digitex. Kind of like Princeton needed Joel in risky business. Hugh Porter and the gang at Digitex, they'll take care of you. Digitex.ca, Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology, software, IT, and supplies. Dwayne Rollison, our guest today on the Oilers Legend Series. Uh, You can text us at 630-630 on our Heartland Ford text line. Go down and see the great Gretzky. That's Mike Gretzky and Griff Jarvis out at Heartland Ford in Fort Saskatchewan. Back to our River Cree Resort Casino hotline. He patiently waited through the entire news break for us. It's Dwayne Rolison. All right, Dwayne, you mentioned uh, we went, we got through the San Jose series, and you mentioned the illness that hit the team against Anaheim. And I, I think people forget, like you guys were really, like it, it was a debilitating situation for the. You had lots of guys that were, uh, I hate to use the term "sicker than dogs," but you guys were sick, weren't you? Yeah,
1: we were. We, we were pretty bad. Uh, you know, uh, we had guys. You know, like I said, Jason just in uh, game game five came out of the hospital to play. And uh, it, it just, guys quarantined the rooms. And at that time, uh, before the, it was before the CBA. So, like, with all the everyone's got their own room type of thing, we still had most of the guys had their own rooms, but we still had roommates and all that stuff. Every guy had his own room. And poor Kenny Lowe and our team doctors, they, I don't think there's enough uh, enough pediolite around. There's there's not enough IVs around to keep the guys hydrated enough. <laughs> it was crazy how um, guys it was just going through us. It just went through one guy after another guy, and uh, with three or four guys going going down at a time, and you know a lot of buckets around, a lot of uh, running to the bathrooms, and it was just I don't know. We don't know what it was, and. Um, our doctors, I don't know if they still know what it was, but it was it went through us pretty bad and um, you know I was fortunate enough not to get it until game four of that series and I was at home so yeah uh, felt I felt pretty good after that we had a little break in between game four and five so I was able to replenish and be ready to go, but uh, some of the other guys, just weren't that lucky so we fought through a lot of it and getting that break after that series uh, was was huge for us just to get healthy again. Uh, Just back
0: to game six Uh, that was May 17th my son was born that day and uh, Horkoff scored the clinching goal and my wife wouldn't let me name my son Hork. I, I, I thought about it, so we, we went with Hudson instead. But uh, and, and I remember because against Anaheim, uh, they got six on you that night in game four, and you guys had to go back there. You got the batteries recharged, and you needed to because not yeah. only did you win the game in Anaheim, if I recall, you stayed overnight and you had one hell of a party.
1: <laughs> yeah, we had a we had a good night. Uh, you know, I was able to uh, get Jared Stoll uh, hooked up with the... With the former fiance with Rachel Hunter, and uh, we spent, most of the guys stayed up pretty late, and we had a, a quiet flight home uh, to Edmonton. So, uh, but but we had we had ten days off exactly. And, you know, so it was great uh, at that point just to uh, release and sort of team bond again. You know, like because when you're going through this, you're together twenty four seven, but it's just you're focusing on hockey and. You're able to, you know, rejuvenate again, and you know we had a little fun, and and you know it carried on to uh, you know getting some getting a nice break. I was able to come back to Ontario. My family is in Ontario, so I was able to come back for a couple of days, and then back to Edmonton, and then we went to to New York and and spent some days there just to get away from uh, all the media and in Edmonton, just trying to quiet quiet us down, just to to focus on the next
0: next pass. Yeah, uh, Mac T's often joked with me, you know, there's nothing a team would like more to than to get rid of all the media, which is why one day, uh, you know, don't ever fall asleep on the plane, Stoffer, because you might be pushed out, but uh, so, uh, alright, so we get to the Stanley Cup final, and you're up 3-0 early, and it's going good, and uh, they have the comeback, and uh, Green and Berger, I mean, it's a, it's a play for Reuters fans, it, it stinks, it sucks. Did you know right away the severity of it, Dwayne?
1: Um, no, I, I thought it broke my arm actually. Uh, you know, it was when Kenny came out, uh, uh, you know, and he's like, what's wrong? I said, my arm kills it. You know, I'm, I can move it, but it's up higher in my, in my tricep where, it where it's sore. You know, it was like my, I can move from my elbow down, but I can't move from my, my trap up or my tricep up. He goes, okay, I'm not worried about your arm. How's your knee? My knee's fine. Why? He goes, well, you sure? I'm like, yeah, I just felt a little pop, but nothing major. Like, I, I don't feel any pain right now. He goes, okay, get up. So I get up. You know, no problem. But I get up with my left leg, not my right leg. Yeah. He says, now go down on a butterfly. I went down. He goes, we're out of here. And it was just like a knife just went through my knee. And he's like, we're out of here. That's all I heard and straight off to the locker room like he knew right away before he even jumped on the IC city knew that i did something to my knee um and, but i didn't you know i felt a pop and and all that stuff but i had so much pain in my arm that i thought i broke my arm at that point so yeah. you know so that's uh you know thinking back it was like i wish i wish it was like a deep bone bruise or something like that, but uh, unfortunately it uh, was something a little bit more All right. devastating.
0: Uh, how, uh, how you know, this is a great lesson for, you know, parents that have got, you know, kids or even, I mean, it's the summer. I mean, we might even have, you know, young hockey players that are 14, 15, 16 listening. How, every, every, every person deals with each situation differently, whether it's a loss of a family member or, you know, if you're an athlete, an injury. Um... You know, you you still got to be a teammate, and you got to support the other guys in that situation, including a guy like Marketing. Uh You know what what goes through a guy's mind in that scenario, where you still got to think about the team, and you're not a guy that self pities. But on that note, like, sort of, how did you know? How did you deal with that? Well, you
1: know, first was you know that night uh, it was consoling tie, uh, you know. You know, one one nice thing me getting traded there, the three of us were there. You know, for the rest of the year after I got traded, so uh, I knew Ty a little bit before, but Juicy I didn't know um, at all. But the three of us became pretty good, pretty tight friends. Uh, You know, obviously the union and all that stuff. Everyone wants to joke around about it, but we became pretty tight. All all three of us were really tight, And, and after after game one, it was like. You know, Ty was blaming himself for for the game one loss, and you know, trying to console him. And it's like, don't worry about it. Like it's, you know, it's only one game. Like you know, like trying to get him focused again. Because at that point, Mac hadn't hadn't decided who he was going to start. You know, so you know, making sure that he was mentally ready and and focused to go. And and Juice was was ready to go already. You know, like you know, he he was sitting in the stands at that point, and uh team was watching from afar and and just at that point you're just like at the end of the day it doesn't matter who's playing as a goalie, it's you've gotta be a good teammate. You, you gotta be ready to play no matter what, uh if you're the backup and you know, it just that's what it was. I became a cheerleader and, you know, it supported everyone, not just not just the goalies. Uh you know, guys were gripping sticks a little bit tighter than normal. It's like, hey, come on, let's go, relax, you know, and you know, whatever whatever we had to say just to you know, be around and you know, keep the guys loose and, and go play hockey and you know our guys rallied and you know, unfortunately we, we came up short.
0: In seven. Uh, can you can you speak to the fan I mean down two nothing you come back to Edmonton, the building was rocking. I mean the fans played a factor in games two and games. I mean you lost by a goal in game four, but in game three in Edmonton, game six I mean, it was like Carolina was taking on the entire city.
1: Yeah, yeah, it it was, but not just the Carolina series. Let's let's go back to Detroit, Anaheim, San Jose. Like the city was unbelievable. They they had a factor in pretty much every single series. Like uh, was it San Jose who messed up the national anthem? And yeah, uh, you know we we come back into Edmonton and remember listening to Jack FM. They had some guy. Singing the American national anthem all day long up until game time, and you know, you know, sure enough, like two beats into the American national anthem, our fans are singing it louder than 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 our anthem singer with the mic, and right. you know, just the whole the whole city itself was a big big reason why us as a team and as a group was growing with the confidence. It, like they're behind us, they're supporting us, and um, you know, it was. You don't very you don't get it too often now with with the, the bigger buildings, but with uh, with Brexall, it was it was our seventh player for sure with the the pans around.
0: Uh, you'll laugh at this. I saw Chris Pronger lived in uh, the neighborhood that I li- uh, currently live in, and I uh, bought him something one day, and it was in between Game Three and Game Four of the final. And I'd not seen him the morning of Game Four. You guys lost uh, Game Four, and. Uh, I was the first guy in the room because I wasn't in the broadcast yet, and he comes up to me just after you guys had lost Game Four, and he goes, "Hey, Stoff, thanks for you know, thanks for buying that. That was cool. That was a cool move." I'm like, "You just lost Game Four, like," and he goes, "What?" He goes, "We're going to be back here for Game six. So then, when Bassani scores in Game Five, we scrummed him in that wind tunnel down by you know what I'm talking about, it, yep. right? You come off and yep. carry. Out. And I'm leaning in on the scrum, and suddenly I get a two-hander on the back of the Achilles tendon. Does that sound like something that Chris would do? And,
1: uh, uh, <laughs> at least he probably did it nicely. Usually it's a, a yeah. full baseball swing.
0: Yeah, he. Uh, I turn around, he goes, I told you, big boy. And I just was like, holy crap. Like, I mean, it just reinforced kind of what he was like. Uh, all right, so you stayed with the team for a couple more years. You won a world championship. What was that like?
1: That was awesome. Um, you know, getting a chance to, to go to Russia and, and play for your country, you know, I was able to do it three times, and I was, I was able to get a bronze, silver, and a, and a gold. So, you know, I was able to get all three. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a great experience uh being able to wear the maple leaf on you on your crest and you know uh, you're playing with a whole bunch of different guys and it's it's a lot of fun it's it's a great experience and anybody that gets a chance to do it, I recommend doing it and, um, you know it's just it it allows you to play a little longer into the season and' also in in a playoff atmosphere type of thing because it's uh, as you get out of the preliminaries it's one game winner take all type of thing and uh you know so it keeps you in the in the playoff hunt or in the playoff atmosphere in the mindset so it allows you for your career to, to keep on playing and and getting that experience for when you need it next
0: Dwayne Rollison is our guest on our Legends of the Game series. we got a couple more topics to get to. Dwayne has uh, worked extensively as a goalie coach, but he's also a testament to sticking with it. And we're going to hit on those themes when we come back in Witters now.
1: This is Legends of the Game on Oilers Now with Bob Stauffer,
0: only on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Legends of the Game for touchback safety. All right, three quick texts, which I think really encapsulate a lot of things here. Oilers GM says, Bob, we win the cup if Dwayne Roloson doesn't get uh, injured in game one of that series. Um... Another text says, Rolison's save on Jonathan Chichu in overtime versus the Sharks was the second best save I've ever seen in person. Uh, James says, Stoffer, you were right. Every time that you mention the Detroit series, I send you a similar text for the last 13 years. It's the only time you've ever been right. Uh, Another text from Daryl Bob. I've got goosebumps listening to Dwayne right now. I know we didn't get the cup that year, but that was the funnest spring of my life. Great memories. Dwayne Rolison rejoins us here on Oilers now in the Legends of the Game series. Dwayne, you are a testament to sticking with it, because it didn't happen overnight for you. Is that, a, is that a fair assessment? I mean, I don't even know if you'd consider, Did you? when did you become a full-time NHLer where you weren't a guy that maybe spent part of a year down in the NHL, what, 31, 32, before that happened for you?
1: Yeah, about that, about that, I think. Uh, I, well, I graduated in 94 and played two years in the minors and then uh, first year in Calgary, uh, had to go down on conditioning I think my second year in Calgary I, I stayed the whole year um, and in Buffalo I was you know I played 14 games in two years behind Hassock so uh, so you can't really count those as anything and I had took a took a year and went down to the minors and then then I stayed in uh, Minnesota then I was up the whole time there so yeah, it was right around 31 32 30, uh, 30, 30 31 how right old, around
0: there. Uh, how much of it was a mental battle
1: a lot of it was mental Uh, some of it was technical uh, stuff like I said earlier uh, coming out of college I was a stand up skate safe goalie so um, pretty much changed my whole style uh, as a pro Uh, (laughs) totally revamped it and uh, you know so that took some time and just fine tuning and and trying to get it better and being consistent not having the holes that that uh, I had when I was younger and just it was just work, 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 work every day and trying to get better at it.
0: Yeah. Uh, you worked with Anaheim for several years as a goaltender's coach. You had a lot of guys have success there. John Gibson's a special athlete. I think we can agree on that. Uh, actually, I think he might have this, the highest uh, active save percentage in, of any uh, starter in the NHL right now. 2017, against the Oilers, Game 5. Uh, you were at the Ducks at that time. Um, I was a tough one for Oilers fans seeing what happened to Cam Talbot. I'm sure you have some empathy. Um, but what was it like with that being with that other organization at that at that stage, uh, knowing that you you know had the greatest comeback in NHL playoff history in the third period there?
1: Well, yeah, it was uh, one of those things. Uh, I was I was excited for us as a group, but being an Oiler and <laughs> bleeding blue, I felt really bad. Um, you know, it's, it's coming down in the locker room and like, you know, uh look on my face, Bruce, Bruce Boudreaux is like, groly what's wrong? I'm like, uh, no, nothing. Why? He's like, well, you look like somebody just stole your dog. I'm like, oh, no, no, why? And, you know, but it was just sort of like, I was just in awe. Like I just felt so bad for, for what had happened. But yeah. at the same time, internally, I, w- I was happy but i just my my outside wasn't showing that you know so if you feel for you feel for the guys that that go through that and especially the organizations that you've been with and that you really respect and and appreciate uh what everyone does in the organization and knowing everyone so well at that time and, and i know just coming out of our press box was right beside uh, the Oilers press box upstairs and yeah. seeing Kevin and Mac and I just, you know, I just shook their hands. I didn't even say a word and like, my head was down, you know, and it, like, Mac actually just gives me a slap on his shoulders. like, hey, that's what happens. I don't go win the cup now, you know, so it's just like, he, you know, too, so you, you feel for the guys and, and, it's, and it's unfortunate, but uh, at the same time, um, you know, for us, it, we are able to move on.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, biggest technical change over the last 10 years uh, in goaltending around the league? Uh,
1: technical change. Everyone's down early and the reverse HV. Those are those two. The biggest, re- the biggest one, though, is the reverse HV.
0: Okay. Explain that. What Which, is the reverse HV?
1: That's when uh, the goalie goes his post leg, if he's on the post – his post leg goes down on the ice his inside leg is sort of up in the air and pushing himself into the post um it's overused in my i don't want to get into goalie stuff here but uh, to me personally it's overused and it's used at the wrong time Uh, it's used for one specific thing and guys are using it uh for everything now so you um, lose all your power and your control at that point. But, uh, you know, it's a, it's a technique uh, that uh, everyone's using, and um, I don't think we'll ever get away with it. Yeah, uh, it.
0: At, uh, at my current weight, I think I'd sprain some fat trying to do the reverse HV, Dwayne.
1: Uh, uh, I don't know, Bob. I don't know. Uh, it, it's going to seal up the post pretty well though so (laughs) it's not going to get sneak through there like the like happening on goalies now yeah (laughs) so so you might benefit from it
0: (laughs) all right now uh correct me if are you not coming I, i know you're living out in victoria but are you not coming to edmonton here uh late july early august for an event at nax
1: yeah nax is hosting a golf tournament on a red tail so yeah i'm trying to get a group of guys uh together to to put a foursome in out of redtail it's uh august 1st 830 shotgun so uh, i think struts jason Strudwick's host, hosting a hot stove as well so it, it should be uh, should be a good time
0: all right awesome stuff Dwayne. we really appreciate you joining us you, you you stayed with us during the breaks uh we've got literally hundreds of texts that have come in i, I know you feel the love from the orders fans and you guys really did spawn, and like, I grew up watching the Oilers of the 80s. I, I You know, but for, for guys that are under the age of 40, they didn't have that, you know, they didn't have that experience. the. And, and you guys really helped spawn a whole new era of uh, Oilers fans. And so uh, we're getting, you know, from that demographic, an incredible response today. And I know you feel that all the time whenever you come into Edmonton. Yeah, we, you
1: know, I, it was unfortunate for us as a, as a family to have to leave you know uh, my youngest is now back living with uh, our next door neighbors from edmonton so um he's playing hockey at nax like i said earlier and you know he's he's back there and he he loves the city and we do too so it's uh it was one of those things it was unfortunate that uh, we had to leave but uh we get back there often so which is nice uh, to be able to see some friends and and fans
0: Awesome stuff. We appreciate your time, Dwayne, and uh, we got Jason Smith coming up next, so we'll be looking forward a lot.
1: Sounds good. Tell Gator I said
0: hi. Uh, we shall. Thank you very much. Th- yep. That is Dwayne Rollison, Our Legends of the Game series again, brought to you by Touchback Safety, Alberta's number one safety provider. All right. Up next, a global news, weather, traffic update with Randy Kilburn, and when we return, Gator, the former captain of the Edmonton Oilers, on Witters Now.